You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out. And these are things that most people just aren't sharing. So, who's going first? <laughs> I'm trying to find a way to start this without using the R word. Uh, Not a bad word. Yes. Let me just say it. Go ahead. Recession. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. All yeah, right. So, so we did an episode. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Back in January. I think we recorded it in Q4 of last year. We but did. it released in January called The Recession Reframe. If you haven't listened to that, I go back and check out that episode. It's kind of part one of this conversation. And this was really, I think, you and I wrapping our heads around the recession and I, I believe for both of us it's our it's our first recession as business owners right is that correct for you too yeah yeah and so we were getting our heads around it and uh and the reframe was in a nutshell um the the inspiration came from jay abraham who said that in a growing economy his business underperforms because when everyone's growing, there's hubris. People are not as open to outside advice, counsel, help, consulting, coaching, etc. And when people are struggling, when the economy is not growing or it's constraining, uh, they're more open to getting outside counsel, and he and he does well. And you know, we both thought that that was relevant to our businesses, relevant to our audiences as well. Potentially, is another way of looking at it. People are going to need help mm-hmm. now more than ever. And maybe you can be the one to help them. Probably about six months since recording that. um, Certainly five months at least since publishing. In the throes of 2023, as of this time of recording, it's late May 2023, almost halfway through the year. uh, In the thick of a recession, pretty clearly. A lot of macroeconomic challenges, fears, um, you know, real or perceived who knows, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of talk, right? And so how are you feeling, Greg? I mean, I think technically by definition, we're not in it yet, but usually by the time we're announcing that we're in it, it's already, we had been uh, in fair. it. That, that's a bit of an assumption. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If it's two quarters, then we'll find out pretty soon. Yeah. Certainly feel, um, everyone's acting like we are you know, that kind of is the conclusion technically, whether it's a recession or not, if we're all behaving like it is. Yeah. And so, I mean, one thing that I, I noticed was, um, so I was at this, this event, uh, a few weeks ago and the topic came up and what I find interesting is the only, like the only people I only hear a few people talking about like, like actually talking about it in the marketplace, like, like in our, in our space, like in their, in their mark, like that, the saying that it's actually impacting them right now, um, which it's like, all right, well, if the only people that are talking about recession are, you know, the coaches and the consultants, <laughs> uh, is it something to really be worried about? Cause like, I don't, I haven't heard our clients mention it at all. They have talked about, you know, 
hey, like what's going on with the economy? Like some of them have had the scenarios like you shared, um, which, you know, before we started talking, you you talked about a, a client or prospect who was going to get started, but then lost a, a, a deal or a deal didn't go through. I think those sorts of things are happening. Um, I don't hear them all kind of being the byproduct of, quote unquote, a recession. Um, but I think to your point and to the reason we're having this talk is like there's clearly something happening because conversations like that we're having as well. We're hearing from our clients and their clients and some of the prospects that we're talking to. And yeah, it almost feels like I feel like a lot more people should be talking about this, but I don't hear a lot. And so now I'm just wondering like what the hell is actually going on? Kind of begs the question, like, should we be talking about it? You know, and I, I, I mentioned this to you earlier. I'm a little bit conflicted on the one hand. I, I do see very tangible uh, consequences of a recessionary environment in our interactions with prospects and clients. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I don't want to propagate the fear. <laughs> right. Either, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we talked about on uh, that last episode, uh, and as you hear some people say, which we seem to both kind of generally agree with one, what, you know, Jay Abraham said, but then also the people that, you know, talk about, um, like, well, just because there's this re recession, like I'm not participating in it. Like, I don't, I don't see, I don't see how this is going to you know, impact me. Right. Um, and I get that, like, cause really there's only like, to me, it's like, okay, like there's only so much that we can control. Um, like I can't control any of that. Um, and there's always seasons of business, I think where, all right, like it's a season of, uh, it's more difficult to get customers, get clients. Like the problem is it's difficult to get customers and clients, whether it's because of the recession or whatever, it doesn't change the problem that needs to be solved. How do we keep get it? How do we, what, what do we need to do in the business to continue to acquire clients? Um, so like, obviously I don't think either one of us are throwing up our hands and being like, well, it's like, okay, well, we, we, we realize that we're, we're seeing something. It feels a little bit slower. Um, you know, conversations, people aren't as fast to move, um, which is a byproduct, I think of a, a variety of things that we as owners all have to figure out how to solve for it. I mean, cause if you're going to not solve for it, well, if it truly is going to keep continuing this way, well, you're probably gonna be out of business anyway. <laughs> so, uh, it's like, if we know that we're just going to keep on keeping on trying to solve the problem, like it kind of is like, yeah, like what's the point of, of, of talking about it, but yeah, you know. I, I, I don't know if, uh, the sentiment I'm about to share is what I thought six months ago. I'm going to be curious to listen back to that episode myself and, you know, yeah. and if we change our mind on things, folks, well, that's just us being honest, right? Cause we're working yeah, yeah. through this stuff as we go here. Uh, I think on the one hand, like I, I, I don't really, I don't agree with this notion that what recession, ignore it. Everything's the same. Nothing's changed. A trillion dollars is changing hands every single day. Get your piece of it. 
I think that's potentially dangerous advice. If it, if it means you ignore market sentiment, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, I think you're right. It, it's hard to sell in lots of circumstances. And our job is to, you know, ultimately sell better regardless of the circumstances, but maybe not regardless of the circumstances, considering the circumstances. Mm. And I think a big part of that as marketers, and if you're listening to this, you don't see yourself as a marketer. That's a problem because if you're leading a business, you're a marketer. As marketers, our job is to understand what the market is thinking and then position products and services accordingly. And if the market is freaking out and paralyzed by fear and this concern about the recession is pervasive, I think you ignore it at your own peril. Because how do you persuade somebody mm-hmm. or sell to somebody if you don't fundamentally understand where their headspace is, what they're thinking? I do agree that you can't let this essentially become an excuse because it can, if you're not careful as a business owner, CEO, founder, become an excuse really quickly. Well, you know, no one's buying or we're having trouble making sales. It's not the product. It's not the team. It's not the this. It's the other. It's the big R recession. You know, mm-hmm. woe is us. We are just victims of this macroeconomic phenomenon. And I'm going to just chalk up all of our failures and our inadequacies to this thing. Clearly a mistake. Yeah. I agree with that. But I don't think you can ignore that it's happening and that it's affecting your customers and your prospects. Yeah. I mean, I for certainly am not. <laughs> like this month specifically is a little bit slower um, than I definitely thought it was going to be. Um, and there's a variety of of bottlenecks or a variety of things that we're you know trying to do to to fix that. Um, that whether the R word was in play or not, like we were, we would still be trying to figure that same thing out. Which I think is like back to the sentiment, right? Like I think beyond just this R word, um, I, I I've. And this, I don't know if this is true or not. This just might be like I'm too close to it. Um, but it feels like our market, uh, business consulting, training, the coaching space, online courses, I would put in there. Uh, there are, and again, it's going to be different by market, but like we have similar markets. I know agencies, service providers, like entrepreneurs. Um, I think there's some people that are burned out. Um, They're burned out from group stuff. They, some of them want the specific outcome of a hundred K months or whatever the bold claims are that are in the ads today. And then some are just like, I don't care about any of those bold claims. I actually want to buy coaching. And like, that's the outcome that they're buying. Like, they're like, I just need a coach and like not necessarily to hit, a, a certain number or, you know, have this, you know, crazy, you know, uh, metric achieved, but like, I think people actually are buying coaching, um, and or want coaching. Um, and so I don't know, like we've seen the rise of a lot of businesses that we've talked about previously that like blew up, disappeared. Um, we, 
saw a ton of people offer guarantees and then take them away. Uh, I definitely am in groups where I see our prospects and competition. And there are people that are, you know, and there's obviously both sides. Like there's some people that are still going to continue to invest in all of these things. And there's some people that are jaded and feel like they've been burned and they're skeptic, they're skeptical. And there's some, uh, you know, people hesitant to make some of these decisions and invest in themselves via these programs courses. Cause they're not sure if it's going to work. And I, and I don't think that that's an unfair, uh, those are unfair questions and concerns because there's a lot of garbage out there too. Um, and it's just like, I don't think it's just the R word. I mean, like so many businesses blew up during COVID, which, you know, was not a, you know, not technically a recession, but like back to what Jay said, like a lot of people were winning then. Um, and specifically people like us, when, my clients were losing their losing tons of clients and or they left their job because they got fired and they wanted to create something for themselves and so they that's like you know in the downturn like there's opportunity for people like us if we can help people build and launch and grow a business if that's their if that's the goal there's a lot of people in a down economy of any sort where that's going to be the case so i think like we're in a position to do well in, in that just because of that. But when everybody, like the, the number of options that are available, um, like we hear, you know, we always ask the question in sales calls, like, Oh, like, what have you tried? Like, are you looking at other, other options? And like, even six months ago, like it was not, it was pretty common to have them like not mention anybody. And now it's like, there's always at least two things or two other programs or things like that, that they're looking at, because I think there's just a lot more of us, right? Like the creator economy, the ability to build a business online, like the entry, the barrier to entry is so low, um, which is great, but it also leads to there being a lot of options, some of which are not good, uh, which catches up. Like, I mean, if, if every person you talk to in our space has already gone through five different programs or bought courses, like they're coming with a lot of uh, like, Hey, I know I didn't like this. I didn't get this result. Like they're, they're going to be on monitoring to like, make sure that every interaction is, is worth it for them. And so I feel like it's, it's raising the bar, which I, again is also a good thing. Um, but it does create challenges for people like us trying to sell and, you know, grow a business and make it through a slow time. So it, it kind of like, it is what it is. Are we going to try to keep solving it? And, and maybe that's like, how are you thinking about if it is slow, whatever we want to call it, like, what are you thinking about right now from a, here's how we're going to, make our way through or here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I'm not willing to do. That's what I'd be curious about. Yeah. In a word positioning, I think is mm -hmm. really, really important right now. Mm. I don't know. There's no way to prove this. I don't know if the market is more competitive today than it was six months ago or 12 months ago. 
anecdotally, you believe that's the case. I have people on my team that anecdotally believe that's also the case. It's hard. It's hard to prove. Yeah. Uh, totally. At the same time, what we also see, and you mentioned this earlier, is a lot of people get into the game and then burn out fast, mm-hmm. fizzle out. Right. I, you know, there, there's somebody on my team that wants to, that is really keen on keeping a current list of competitors in a spreadsheet. And I'm like, good luck. <laughs> yeah. Cause it changes every month. There's a new thing and they never really make it right. But they, they create some stir in the marketplace. People find out about it. We hear the name. Oh, what's that? And they're gone. You know, like my bigger, my biggest competitors from a year ago, most of them are gone. And I probably wasted time even considering who they were back then because they weren't going to last. So I don't know if it's more competitive. Uh, There's certainly more noise. Absolutely. Yeah. And so that's where positioning becomes paramount. Right. And so the questions that we're asking are, you know, where do we where do we fit in the mix? You know, what are the other types of offers that are being made and where do we stand in that, you know, in that matrix? if it were right. Um, And and nothing's really changing where I think we're just doubling down on the messaging and Mm -hmm. that, and and the positioning of our offer um, and and doing a better job of, I think, communicating that and helping prospects see where we fit in and then helping them make the right decision for themselves. I agree with that. The second thing that we're looking at is, is other offers that might be more, um, I was going to say appropriate, that might be the wrong word, but might be more conducive to a recessionary environment. Can you give an example? Yeah, it's an offer that we already have that maybe we'll put some more resources in. So we have, obviously, our flagship program is 90-day pipeline. That's Mm -hmm. primarily for existing consultants and professional service providers. And then we have an offer called the Consulting Launchpad, which is for people that want to start a consulting business. Mm -hmm. Um, There's an argument, and we're in the middle of assessing this that the consulting launchpad is a great offer to have at a recession. Mm. Lots of people getting laid off like COVID, right? COVID wasn't layoffs. It was work from home. Mm-hmm. meant a lot of people started thinking about starting their own business, freelancing, consulting, whatever it may be uh, with layoffs. And I hope it's not as bad as people think it might be. Right. But if layoffs are going to be as considerable as many are predicting, you have a lot of people that are going to say, well, I don't want to get another job. I can't find another job. Why don't I try to monetize my expertise as a consultant? So mm-hmm. that's an example of an offer that we're looking at that might be, a, you know, maybe an opportunity in this macroeconomic condition. Yeah, I agree with both of those things. We're doing both of them as well. <clears throat> um, we, as you know, because we've talked about it offline, <clears throat> we've been kind of going through a a deep dive messaging exercise um, and just like looking at historical client data, um, what do they want, looking at listen, listening and sales calls and, you know, intake applications and things like that. And yeah, I think finding, like we noticed that there's, of the people that I see and that we hear are brought up uh, on our calls as alternative options, um, we kind of see why and how we're different from those, but I don't think we've done a, a, uh, a good job of, of that positioning. Um, not saying that we're trying to position 
against them or anything like that, but like they fit in the market in, in some ways. And we realize where we fit in, in the market in some ways, which are different. And while we serve the same market, the, the people within that market, um, are actually very different that we want, we both do serve and want to serve. Uh, and so it's like, how do we highlight some of those things, um, so that we get more of our people? Uh, and then, yeah, to the other point, I think we have, uh, in doing so we identified exactly where the appropriate kind of entry point is to our flagship program, which is called Academy. Um, which then in what we're in now is, oh, we're actually now able to clearly, more clearly articulate who the person is that would be the, you know, before that entry point, because we don't deal with beginners either. So, uh, uh Ironically, ours is also called the Launchpad, um, which uh, it might not actually continue to be called that. But like we're looking at, okay, well, what does someone now that we're so clear on what it looks like for the ideal client profile of our main program? What do these people look like leading up to that? What do they actually need? Um, what is the appropriate offer to be making to them? And what is the appropriate packaging? uh, and deliverables that they need inside of that. And that's something that we're, we're fine tuning now. Um, cause yeah, like you said, like people are getting let go, people are, you know, losing clients and they're, they are, some of them are starting from scratch. And so if we're able to help some of those people and that for us, I don't see that that's going to be like my lead offer. Um, but I think it's something that will help, you know, monetize and be able to serve people and, you know, demonstrate, our, our ability and our authority and our expertise so that maybe we can help get them to the point where they're ready for our, our main program. But I think I would say I'm now more than ever very interested in and open to other monetization vehicles than just trying to get people into our flagship program. Um, we've talked about it on the, on a previous episode, like, my goal by the end of this year is I want to have at least three one-on-one -on -one clients that are kind of in this one-on-one -on -one potential partnership, uh, field, um, that I do think there's a market for that. Like, just like there's a market for, Hey, let's go to more to the beginner. I think there's also a need for the people that want real intimacy and access to our current knowledge and expertise to help them get to the next level in a time like now. So I think I'm looking at a higher level, uh, one-on-one -on -one thing. I'm open to looking at how can I extract some tools and resources that we have in our main thing and maybe sell them as one-off resources. Um, because I know some of them could help certain people in certain scenarios. So like, I, I think looking at stuff like that is super appealing to me. I think my main concern is like, how do I just not, I could, I could easily see myself going off the rails on some of those things and just like have too many. So I don't want to create tons of complexity, but, uh, to some degree, figuring out ways to continue to, um, bring in customers and, and offset some of the expenses and acquisition costs that it takes to run a business like this is a wise move. So let me ask you this to put a bow on this episode. Mm-hmm. Do you think about your your growth prospects or your targets any differently in a recession than you would outside of a recession? 
I would say no because like I was the reason I would have said yes would be uh, the words that were going to come out my mouth were going to say yes because I'm very aware of what they want and what they need and I want to make offers based off of that but that's actually true whether there's a recession or not and so the answer is actually no because if I'm here to serve my clients, I need to always be in touch with what they want and what they need, especially if that is changing over time. <laughs> and so uh, you would be doing that no matter what. So yeah, I don't think I'm thinking about it any differently. Hmm. What about you? Uh, I'll give you the honest answer and I'm open to being wrong, uh, but I'm not gonna know for probably another couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> um, our goal is certainly to make money and be profitable through yeah. recession, regardless of the economic circumstances by doing a lot of the things that we talked about today. Yeah. Uh, I think we will be more profitable in a booming economy because if we do the right things in a recession and we're successful, we will also benefit from a higher you know, propensity to spend that will come out of a recession into a booming economy and we'll be, more profitable. So my, my current belief, and I am open to being wrong, is if we do the right things now, we'll be, we will be successful in the recession and we will be more successful after. I would agree with that. I, I, will, I will add one thing that didn't come up, but I, at least is on my mind, uh, as a part of when you said do the right things, you know, during this time. Um, one of those things I think, and I haven't quite grasped exactly tactically what that looks like, but I do think brand is going to continue to be more and more important um, and the attention of the brand, um, both from a, an authority, a, a, a no like, and trust factor, um, the playing the game more of like, if we were to put brand on one side, I'd put like direct response on the other side. Uh, I think when I think f a few years from now, if we were right or if we were wrong, I think a lot of more of us and at least me are going to be focused on like what is building a brand and an identity around our company and our, our clientele actually look like. Um, I don't want to say direct response is dying or anything like that. I think that's aggressive. I think it'll always live, but I do think having a strong brand and awareness and attention about who you are uh, is going to continue to be really, really important. And so whatever that looks like now through the next handful of years are things that I'm, I'd be considering putting my money into and my time and effort into so that we could be sitting here three, five years from now, looking back and be like, yeah, that was a wise, a wise move. Sounds good to me. Let's do a, an update at the end of the year. We will, we will report back, friends.